Modian Paris, a Modian France. I thought that I told you I need the advance. Put down your IG and look through my lens. A million to grandma, who did I offend? Your girl, your dreams to me is a fan. I netted to moon, did a little dance. I'm fucking the world under my pants. My uncle G told me that I had a chance. Then I popped out and did it again and did it again and did it again. Cannot wear specular, did he begin? At last from the cancel, let nobody in. Been swerving the rumors, avoiding the trends. I'm ducking the hoes, I'm ducking the loony that come with the shows. Grateful the man he opened up doors. Bunk on the tone butts to come and compose. I reach to the stars on my tippy toes. Great success. Fall, I tell you my past, that shit don't at all. Like, how could you rap? Like, I don't be writing my raps. Got critics, got everyone tied. You got relaxed. City where nobody sleep, just tap it in. That's where I'm at, ho. Ooh, yeah. Welcome back to the Comics Annihilation podcast, everyone. We got a big episode with us today. We have tons of topics to talk about, especially one of the ones that we've been waiting for for months. The well, we'll get to that later, but we have tons of episodes today. Thank you for joining me for another episode. We are in the middle of the week. It is Wednesday. We're, we're trying to get through. It is my day off from work, so I'm chilling, but everyone else, you guys are in school right now. Just hang in there because we're almost at the end of the week, but without further ado, let's get on to our first topic. Let's not waste any time. Our first topic is this. So... Everyone knows that, or most people know that, this week we got Fast 10 coming out, which after coming off of Fast 9, which was really bad in my opinion, I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was so bad that it was hilarious. That's how bad that movie was. But we have Fast 10 coming out this week. I'm probably going to go watch it, give you guys my review about it. But in an interview, Vin Diesel said that this is going to be part one out of part three of the last little chapter of the Fast Saga. So what this means is this is going to be the first movie in a trilogy that is going to cap off all the Fast and Furious movies. Wow. Um, I didn't expect that any any news like this to come out. Um, really weird. I thought they were going to finish after the 11th one, but I guess they're going to make another one and make it three movies. I don't know what they can do for three movies because apparently it's all going to tie into one storyline. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, but yeah, no, this is weird. Um, they they did say that because of Paul Walker and stuff like that, they were going to cancel the series after the 11th movie, which is probably going to be Fast XI or some stupid shit like that, you know. Uh, I I, I don't know what they're going to do with the rest of the series, if I'm being honest with you. They've done everything in terms of fucking driving cars through skyscrapers, driving a car with duct tape on it in space. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Apparently, the ending of the 10th one is supposed to surprise all of us with a <gasps> some stupid shit like that. I Maybe Dom dies and comes back in the next one or something very very chaotic like them because the fast and furious franchise has been really good up to a certain point i thought the first seven were great movies i mean fast seven made i think 1.7 billion in terms of worldwide box office which is a lot that is a lot for especially for a racing movie but over the years fast and furious the whole franchise has gotten so much of a foot into the the zeitgeist of 
most people know what you're talking about when you talk about Fast and Furious because it has to do with fast cars. It's got to do with bonkers action. It's one of those franchises that most of people know and it's generated a lot of money. Like as bad as Fast 9 was, it ended up making, I think, $900 million, which is crazy. That is more than tons of movies. That is more than Ant-Man 3. That is more than fucking Black Adam. That is more than... I think it might be more than Wakanda Forever, honestly. Um, yeah, it, it almost made $1 billion, which is crazy because that movie was pure garbage. It, there, there was no need to make that movie, honestly. But apparently, the, the reviews for this one have not been bad at all. I believe the review embargo got lifted a couple days ago. And a lot of people are saying that it's really fun. They learned from their mistakes from the ninth one, which is good because that one was terrible, man. But apparently it is pretty decent. Um, story's pretty fun. Characters are fun. Jason Momoa's awesome. So I'm actually kind of excited for this. But it just it's weird and off-putting that they're going to make this a trilogy to end off the whole franchise. I don't know what they can do to make it worth two more movies. Because I what they're planning on doing, I think, is using Jason Momoa's character as like the main antagonist for these three movies. Which I don't know how that's going to happen. Trying to make him like Thanos or some shit. I don't know, it's really weird, but let me know what you guys think about this. Did you hear about them making a trilogy? What do you think is going to happen? Are there any outrageous things that they can do in these next three movies? Let me know. But moving on to our second topic of the day. So, Avatar 2 was a financial success when it came out. I went to go watch it opening night. I was so amazed about how good this movie was. I went to go watch it on um, the nearest biggest screen I got in Cinemark XD with 3D. And wow, I was just so floored by this movie. The story was great. The characters were great. The CGI is the best CGI we have ever seen. Um, Nothing comes close to it, honestly. It was just flat out amazing. Well, it made, I believe, roughly $1.3 billion at the box office. It might be even more now. I don't know the exact number. But this movie actually got into the top four box office movies of all time, joining the company of Titanic, Avengers Endgame, and of course, Avatar 1. Which is weird. I mean, I've talked about this before, and it's really weird to think about, but three of the top four biggest movies of all time are all from James Cameron, which is pretty wild. Titanic was James Cameron's. First Avatar was James Cameron. Second Avatar was James Cameron. It's it's crazy. Um, that's honestly a big ass flex, but anyways, this movie was great, I loved it, it was in theaters for a while, so I gotta watch it a couple times, well, it just came out on streaming services, and you will be surprised to know which one it actually fell on, it actually went on both, or two of them, so the first one is the obvious Disney Plus, we kind of anticipated that, because this is a Disney property, so it would make sense that it would go straight to Disney Plus. Although this movie did come out on digital, like you could have bought it a couple months ago. It's on Disney Plus. Now this one is really weird, which caught my attention. Avatar The Way Water is now available on HBO Max. Yes, HBO Max. So this is this has to do with a couple things, I imagine. There has to be some licensing thing where HBO Max just wanted to pay a lot of money to get more customers to their service. So they asked Disney, hey, can we do some partnership to where we could split it? We could put the movie on Disney Plus, but we could also put it on HBO Max just so they can get some money out of it. 
I can't tell you exactly why or what the details are for them putting it on HBO Max or the quote-unquote Max now. Um, it is really strange to me. It caught me by surprise because I was just scrolling on Instagram, right? And then I see that HBO Max, the Instagram page, posted Watch Now, Avatar, The Way of Water. And I was like, what the hell? Is this like a like a prank or something? Like some type of error or typo that they made on their account? But no, I go on Twitter and I look at the same page. They have it on HBO Max. It is, it is really weird, but it's kind of cool because we've never seen this kind of like partnership with other streaming services and who knows, maybe we'll get something more like that down the line with maybe HBO Max sharing some of their products with Disney. Who knows, maybe I'm looking at this at such a different angle. Maybe I don't know the details of this, but um, it's kind of cool to see. I already bought Avatar The Way Water on digital a couple weeks ago, and I've seen it a couple times. I love this movie. Although, sadly, you can't really replicate how you watch it in theaters with the 3D and the surround sound and all that. I have a Samsung 100-inch projector, and I watch it on there, and it's flat-out amazing. But, man, it really does not beat the first time I saw this in theaters. It is such an amazing movie. I know there's a lot of hate with it just because the story is a little bit lackluster. I thought the story was fine. I thought it was a great story. It fit the movie well. So that's the thing. It's like a movie doesn't have to have, like, the greatest story for it to fit well with the movie. Because everything else, all the other components were just an amazing fit. Like the characters, the family dynamic, the the beef that the younger kids had with the other kids, stuff like that, you know, it just fit well with this movie. It is going to be part of a story that is going to go over a couple movies. Like I believe they're planning on making five avatars, which is going to be pretty cool. And if those do well, I believe it's going to be an avatar six and seven. But anyways, if you guys have seen Avatar, if you haven't, it is now available on Disney Plus and HBO Max, which is still really strange to me. That's like uh, like uh, HBO Max giving like Game of Thrones to Netflix or some shit. It's, it's really weird, but go on there if you haven't watched it. You'll be heavily surprised as to how good this movie is. But let me know what you guys think about this. You think it's weird that it's on two different streaming services. Have you even watched Avatar The Way of Water? If you haven't, go watch it. But anyways... Let's move on to our third topic of the day. And this is a topic that came out yesterday that caught me by surprise because I thought it was kind of one of those joke tweets. I don't know if you if you guys are on Twitter, but there are always these like fake movie pages that make these like random ass news articles and shit and it just catches you by surprise. But then you find out it's just a troll and it's fake. Well, this one isn't. And apparently Seth Rollins, the, was it, Monday Night or Friday Night Messiah, he is joining the cast of Captain America 4 New World Order. And apparently he's going to be playing a member of the Serpent Society. So I'm, I don't know too much about the Serpent Society. I do know that that was, gonna, that was the working title for Captain America Civil War. Like back when in Comic-Con when they announced Captain America 3, it was called Captain America the Serpent Society. And then... Like a year or two after they changed it to Civil War because it was like kind of like a cover up, you know. But anyways, Serpent Society. I don't know anything about them. Apparently, they're supposed to be the group that is with the leader, which is going to be the main antagonist of Captain America 4. This is a really weird choice, but we've kind of seen this kind of like thing going on in Hollywood to where these wrestlers want to 
be in bigger movies. We have The Rock, obviously, Dave Bautista. John Cena is going up there now. He was in Fast and Furious. Now he has his own little show, Peacemaker. Um, we have these wrestlers. Roman Reigns has been in a couple movies. But now Seth Rollins is joining us for a pretty big movie. Captain America 4 is a pretty big movie. So it's going to be cool to see him on screen. Um, I remember watching WWE and he was awesome. So I'm curious to see how his talent translates over to this movie. But yeah, no. Um, there there was a couple of set leak photos featuring Seth Rollins on the set of Captain America. Then there's also the one picture where it showed uh, Sam Wilson's new suit. Which got a lot of people mad because it is different than the one from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. If you watched it and you saw the last episode, you saw how beautiful they made the suit for him. It was like a mixture of the Captain America suit along with this Falcon suit. It was beautiful, but there's another set leak that showed it like completely different. With like a gold emblem, all blue. It's like they removed the white from it. It was just... This new one doesn't look that good, honestly, in my opinion. But uh, I don't know. It's just annoying how Marvel keeps doing this where they keep introducing these really dope costumes... And then they take him away in the next project. It's like, what the fuck? What was the point of even showing it to us in the first place? Like uh, like Wanda at the end of WandaVision. She had that nice suit. And then when it comes to the Doctor Strange 2, she doesn't have it no more. Miss Marvel, she had a comic accurate great suit by the end of the show. And then if you see the new Marvel's trailer, it looks different. It's like, what the fuck, man? I don't know why, what they're doing with that. I don't know what the intention is. I think it's kind of annoying. But it is just set photos. Maybe it's going to look more different in the movie. But um, yeah, no, I guess we'll just have to see. But let me know what you guys think about that. Have, are you guys familiar with Seth Rollins? Are you familiar with Captain America? Are you think he's going to be good in this movie as part of the Serpent Society? Let me know if you know about the Serpent Society because I don't. But anyways, let's move on to our fourth topic of the day. And this is a big one, and I'm going to split this one into two parts because this is hype. So yesterday, all day, what I was on the road, right? And then when I got home, I saw that Jason Blum was on Twitter saying a couple things. Each hour that went by, he said four, and then three, and then two, and then one. He was doing that by each hour. So he was like counting down to something. And then we find out that it was actually the posters for the Blumhouse's Five Nights at Freddy's movie. And we see the first poster, which is all four of them together, which is pretty accurate to one of the game posters with the hue of purple on it, which I thought looked pretty clean. It looks awesome. Um, it shows the animatronics on the covers. It shows Freddy. It shows Chica. It shows Bonnie. It shows Foxy. All lined up, and it looks awesome. And sure, it is a, like pretty photoshopped, you know, for a poster. That's how it's supposed to be. But um, those are the suits that Jim Hansen's uh, creature, whatever. The, the people that made the animatronics. That's how they're supposed to look in the movie, you know. And this was crazy to think about. And then we got the individual posters for each character. Um, kind of the same premise. Pretty cool. Get to see a closer look at Freddy and Bonnie and Chica and Foxy. And it was just great. And I'm just, I'm really excited for this movie. If you guys heard my last podcast, you know I'm really hyped for this movie. It is my most anticipated movie of the year, right? 
over The Flash, right over Across the Spider-Verse, right over Oppenheimer, right over Dune Part 2, which I'm really excited for. The FNAF movie just beats all of them because I've been waiting eight years for this movie and it is finally coming to fruition. It is finally coming to us in a movie theater. And man, with these posters, they did not disappoint. And let's move on to our part two of this. So that wasn't all. That was not it. Jason Blum tweets like an hour later. He's like, oh, also one more thing. And they fucking dropped the first teaser for this movie. And it starts off with this old kind of VHS tip, tape about the training to be a security card at Finites or at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. And it looks amazing. They showed us only like 40 seconds of the movie in this teaser and there's a lot of takeaways for this like first off the animatronics man the animatronics look so fucking good you see a couple of shots where they are moving like in the in the game when you see them moving for like a kid's party and stuff like that it looks exactly like that um you see on the cameras that they have the same camera views as they did for the game where they're just standing there looks awesome and then you see that they have the curtain with Foxy behind it. Just so fucking good, bro. I, th- and then you see Josh Hutcherson with the security jacket on. You see William Afton, um, played by Matthew Lillard. Looks awesome. He looks like one of those creepy guys that you never trust. Um, he just gives off that creepy vibe. You see a shot where Josh Hutcherson is in the forest and he is surrounded by four kids. And they all kind of represent each animatronic. One's wearing a uh, yellow shirt. One is wearing some bunny ears. One is wearing a brown shirt for Freddy. And one is wearing a red shirt with a hook on their hand. Which is supposed to represent each kid that got killed possessing the animatronics. Because if, if you don't know anything about Finites of Freddy's. It is. I mean the basic premise is that they are these animatronics. I always get that wrong. I don't know why. And there's this one guy, William Afton, who murders these children and sticks them inside of suits. So that's where the animatronics get their life from. Their souls are infiltrating this exoskeleton and stuff like that. That's basically the premise of it. So I think we're going to see some of that with this scene that they showed in the trailer. We see more close-ups of the animatronics. Like the scene where the girl's in the ball pit and she sees Freddy and Bonnie pop out. Now, one of the most controversial things with this teaser, something that's been going around a lot, which is probably the main criticism for this movie so far, is that the animatronics have red eyes when they go quote-unquote evil. And this is kind of turning into like a little meme just because people are saying that they're stoned and all that, which I can see. Um, And in the games, they never had red eyes. They were just white eyes the whole time. And this is something Blumhouse has been kind of going towards. Like, for the Child's Play remake that they made, I think it was in, like, 2019, they had Chucky with red eyes just so the audience knows that this little AI thing is evil. Well, that's what they're doing with this movie. They're giving all these animatronics red eyes. Um, It doesn't look terrible. I don't mind it at all, but it is a little bit weird just to see um, in live action. Personally, I don't care. It's not going to affect the movie for me at all. A lot of people are taking it a little bit too far and getting mad. And y- You know how fandom gets. It, they can be toxic. 
but honestly i don't mind it at all it just it, it looks a little bit off but honestly it looks pretty dope at the same time doesn't take any of the anticipation away from this movie I, it's still my number one most anticipated movie of the year i'm so excited for this i'm gonna watch it as soon as i can i'm buying these tickets to the biggest screen that i can if i can get imax i will but like sadly there's not really that much imax here but anyways um i think i covered most of the the bullet points for this teaser i mean there there's not too much to see you know because it was, it's only a teaser we still are yet to get our first trailer um only 40 seconds only a handful of stuff there is a shot of the i guess you could say the police cop um the vanessa character in this there is speculation saying that this can be the vanessa character from five nights at freddy's security breach i don't think it is i think it's just a coincidence that they gave her that name or they did it just to make like fan service you know i don't think she's going to be the security guard uh from that game but um what I think her character is going to do is going to be like that one person that will go up to Josh Hutcherson's character and be like, oh, this is the history of the Freddy Fazbear Pizzeria. This is why they try to murder you. Stuff like that. Giving him background to what the what situation he is walking into. But um, yeah, not too much. We barely get a glimpse of Matthew Lillard in it. We see a lot of Mike Schmidt. Um, he looks great. His, uh, his sister in the movie... Um, I think she's going to have like some sort of connection with these animatronics and uh, they're going to form some type of bond, I imagine. Because I don't know if you remember, but the first teaser, you see her holding hands with Freddy in front of the pizzeria. Who knows? Either they're trying to save her from something or they're trying to lure her into one of those exoskeletons and murder her. Who knows? But it, I think it looks great. I think the way they, they're making this movie, how it looks, it looks great. I mean, of course, there are times where it looks a little bit lower budget, but that's because it's Blumhouse. Blumhouse does not put a lot of money into their movies. I thought people would know this by now, but they don't. So I got to like emphasize it a lot that they don't make high-budget movies. This is how they make a profit. They make Megan for, like I think it was $17 million. Movie earns like $150 million. They just make these lower budget movies because they know they're going to be hits if you write them well, if you use the camera angles well, and it'll get the money. But this one, there are times where it looks really good, like the camera angles, stuff like that. And there are times where you're like, oh, okay, I could see the lower budget. But honestly, for a teaser, for our first look at this movie, keep in mind, we're probably going to get like two more trailers before this movie comes out. I think it looks fantastic. Let me know if you guys have seen the Five Nights at Freddy's teaser trailer and the posters. I'm thinking about buying those posters if they do release them on like Amazon or something. If there's anywhere I could buy them, let me know. I want to buy them. But yeah, uh, hit me up. Let me know if you think this looks good. Do you think it looks bad because of the lower budget? Let me know. And let me take a little, little drink of my water because my mouth is getting a little bit dry. Ooh man excuse me so in my last episode i introduced this new idea that i had to where i spin a wheel each episode and it'll land on a genre right and then i'll spin that genre's wheel and it'll land on a movie and i have to review that movie every single episode so like every single episode i'll spin the wheel get a movie watch it and review it so you guys get like a little movie review at the end of each episode well i did it last week i ended up on 
2023 movies and ended up getting Scream 6, which came out earlier this year. Well, let's get to it. So Scream 6, obviously, is the sixth installment in the Scream franchise. A franchise that has been really looked upon as a iconic horror franchise. Um, personally, I think the first one was great. And then the sequels after that weren't as good. They're like decent at best after that. But then we had Scream 5 come out. I believe it was 2019, 2020, something like that. Or 2021. I don't even remember when it came out. But it was years and years till we got a Scream movie and Scream 5 came out. And that ended up doing pretty good. I honestly enjoyed that movie way more than the sequels. Um, the first one is good. Everything else kind of ass after that. But Scream 5 was a success, especially with the emergence of Jenna Ortega. The main character, I think um, the actor's name is Melissa Barbaro, I think. Um, she was great in it. You had uh, Huey from The Boys in it. Um, the plot twist was pretty nice in Scream 5. If you haven't watched it, well, that's too bad because it came out a long time ago. But anyways, it turns out to be the boyfriend and one of the best friends as the serial killers. Great movie, but then um, you get into Scream 6, and this is it, this takes place right after the fifth one. They decide, um, I forgot what the town name is, but they're like, oh no, we've been here our whole lives, uh, we're just going to keep getting murdered if we stay here. So, Jenna Ortega's character and her sister move to the Big Apple, New York City, and they think all their problems are gone. Until they face the iconic ghost face again. But this time they have no idea who it is. I mean I guess like every single movie it's like that. But this one is a lot more powerful. A lot more personal. It knows a lot about them. Well I, I, I personally think this movie was great. I had a great time watching it. Um, but let's get straight to our cons. Because we want to get the bad news first out of here. But one of my cons I have with this movie uh, when I watched it, I, and there's not too many cons, but one of the bigger ones is the fake deaths that they do. This isn't something new with the Scream franchise. They tend to do this a lot. Like uh, I, I believe the name, uh, the character's name Dewey, he got stabbed like fucking sixty times in this franchise and still somewhat lived all the way to the fifth one. That you see some of that take place at the end of this movie. I'm not gonna spoil who it was. But there's someone that gets stabbed like 30 times by two ghost face at the end and still manages to survive. I was like, what the fuck? How's that even happen? Um, but we've seen this take fruition with the other movies. Um, like I said, Dewey, same shit happened to him and like all the sequels, stuff like that. He always manages to survive. I couldn't tell you how because that's so many fucking shots to the liver and stuff like that. I, it's It's beyond me, honestly. But... Yeah, no, that is one of my cons is the fake deaths. Uh, they can never really seem to have someone permanently dead. Um, one of my other cons, I guess you could say, this one's weird because I like it, but I also hate it, was the reveal of the ghost face, or I guess you could say ghost faced. Uh, it was more than one. I think it was like three. Um, it was It was a weird twist, one that I didn't see coming. I liked it, but at the same time, I hated it. Um, just because of, now I'm not going to get into spoilers and say who it was, but when, you know, like in the fifth Scream 5, when Ghostface is taking on Dewey and just like taking him on, right, with all this um, power and aggression, 
Like, you figured it'd be, like, a dude that's, like, jacked under there, but then you, f- you find out it is just the scrawny little best friend. Well, the same thing kind of happens in this movie. You're like, how the fuck did these... Were these two capable of, like, being that aggressive with all these people? It honestly didn't make sense, Um, but... Yeah, that is one of my small little gripes about that plot twist. But anyways, those are the cons of the movie. Let's get to the pros. And there are a couple. First off, I love the cast. Um, Jenna Ortega's character, her sister's character. I keep forgetting their names. They were great. The whole friend crew was great as usual. If you've watched the fifth one, then you know that they are really like into this... like. Uh, movie fantasy shit and they it just it works great all together i really love the cast um there there's some new people that they add in here like uh, jack champion who i recognize from avatar the way water he plays spider the kid that's acts like a like a navi but isn't he was great in this movie i liked him a couple other characters that were pretty good the police chief the the whore chick um, they were great. Uh, another pro to this movie is the kills. I mean, you figured with these with this Scream franchise, you're gonna get really good kills. This one did not disappoint. Um, I don't know if you guys seen in the trailers where like they duck a fucking shotgun, take the shotgun from the dude, and then shoot him with it. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the subway scene was pretty intense because it turns off the light and the ghost face keeps getting closer. Um, the, a lot of stuff like that. I, I thought the the kills were pretty decent. Um, nothing too crazy. I do think the fifth one probably had better ones, but I do think the kills were pretty cool. And onto my last pro, and that is the plot twist. Like I like I said, I'm really split on this plot twist. I thought it was good, but I thought at the same time it was trash, uh, just because of the logic of it. Um, the reveal was great and made sense. It fit well with the story. But like I said, it was weird how you figured it'd be like some like really strong dude under this mask with all the power and aggression that they're using. But it turns out to be some scrawny person. You're like, how the fuck are they able to take on that person and do all this type of stuff? They just look like a normal person. Well, this this that happens in it. But the reason I like it as well is because it has to do with something from the fifth movie in terms of the plot. I thought they did it real well. Um, they really fooled the audience with who these ghost face were going to be. And it really got me. But overall, I think Scream 6 was a great movie. Does it make my top 5 for 2023? It does not. But it does make my top 10. I really did enjoy it. Although I watched it in a theater full of middle-aged kids. And that kind of sucked. Kind of ruined the movie experience for me. But re-watching this, I have a deeper appreciation just because I get to watch in the comfort of my own home and not with anyone else. Um, but it feels great. And uh, yeah, it, the last two Scream movies, five and six, have been probably the best Scream movies since the first one. And I really do hope they continue with this franchise. But they kind of left it to a point where they could make a new one, but they could also just end it off like that. And I think it leaves them with good optionality to whether they want to make more or not. I do think there will be a Scream 7 just because this one made the most money in terms of a Scream movie ever. So that's good for them, good for the company. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with this franchise. 
But out of 10, I give Scream 6 a 7.9. This was a tougher movie to rate just because I liked it. But I was comparing it to the other Scream movies. Like the first one, I'd have it in the lower 7s. Um, which that's still a good movie if it's in the lower 7s. If you get to the 6s, that's where it's like, eh, it's decent. Um, I give Scream 5 like a middle of the pack, like 7.5, you know. So I was like, this one is a little bit better than the fifth one. So I think 7.9 is appropriate. But yeah. 7.9 out of 10 for Scream 6. Let me know what you guys think about that. Um, have you watched Scream 6? Did you like it? Did you hate it? If you haven't, you should go watch it. I definitely think it's worth your time. But anyways, that is our Scream 6 wheel review. And now, you already know what time it is. We're going to move on to our next wheel spin of today. Now, let me just launch my app real quick and get some water because I'm fucking thirsty as hell, bro. All right, let's get on to our genre wheel and let's spin this shit. Woo! Jesus Christ. It almost landed on worse movies, which I was scared because we have some pretty bad movies on there. But we get best movies for the genre. Now let's spin our best movies wheel and see what we get. How fitting. We get Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So the best movies categories is it's not like the top movies of all time. It is I handpicked a lot of different movies that got like a high critic uh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a high audience score as well. So it ranges from a lot of different genres from The Godfather to Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse to Lord of the Rings to Interstellar to Toy Story, you know, different movies that were really received well but we land on spider-man into the spider-verse and this one's kind of funny just because we have the second one coming out in a couple weeks now so it's really fitting freshens me up on the franchise right before i go watch the second one but yeah spider-man into the spider-verse that means we are going to be reviewing spider-man into the spider-verse on friday's episode but that does it for today's episode. Let me know if you enjoyed today with all of our topics. If you have any topics or any ideas that you want me to do, just shoot me a DM on my Instagram at TCAP underscore official. That is my podcast Instagram. But yeah, um, that does it for today. And yeah, we just let's power through the week, guys. We're almost going to get there to Friday. But anyways, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Hoorah.